This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. You know, when I find myself at the horns of a dilemma, stuck with a big decision to make, or a difficult decision to make, a choice to make, when I find myself really struggling to find a way through a difficult decision, what I do is I, I sit down, calm myself down, I settle my mind as best as I can, and I just think to myself and ask this question of myself, what would I do? And that usually works. Okay, uh, I needed to update a story from last week. I talked about uh, Mad Mike Hughes. He was, uh, Dimland, he was a Dimland Radio Science Zero. Uh, that I declared last week, and he—he's uh, a daredevil, and uh, uh, and a flat earther. <laughs> it's the flat earther part that helped put him in the category of a science zero, and the fact that he said that uh, he doesn't believe in science, <laughs> even though he uses science to figure out how to build a steam-powered rocket that he intended to jump over a, uh, I guess, Southern California town? Is the Mojave Desert? That's just in the southern part of California, is it not? Uh, if, it's, if I'm wrong, let me know. But uh, a California town, it's a ghost town called Amboy. Some fellow owns the town and gave the guy, the, uh, this gave Mad Mike the permission to jump his t- the town. But, uh, as I was talking about last week, you know, the jump was supposed to take place uh, on Saturday, uh, well, I record these shows on Friday nights, so I was looking at the stuff I was reading. I said, oh, this is going to be tomorrow. Uh, so that would be last Saturday. Well, it turns out the man got involved, uh, the man being the government, uh, specifically the Bureau of Land Management. Uh, they got wind of this and said, uh-uh, <laughs> no, 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 you can't do that. You need, you, you need to get the proper permits to allow your, you know, to be able to do this and all this kind of stuff. He didn't have the proper permits. And, uh, and I guess there was something about using public land. So, so uh, Mad Mike, undaunted, uh, refigured his launch point and landing point for his big jump. And uh, it, because uh, what he did was he found uh, people, um, you know, private landowners and uh, that had land around Amboy, I guess, and asked them if it would be possible if he could jump off and land on, on their private land. You know, I don't know if it's one person that owns both those places or if it's two different people or whatever, but he had permission from the owners of the private property to do this stunt. The, uh, the Bureau of uh, Land Management said, no, sorry, you still need permits to do this. Well, let's see if he persists. Uh, let's just see. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, Dimland Radio Science Zeros, I have, uh, it's, not a, it's not a single person. It's not a, a group, per se. Um, but I do have another Dimland Radio Science Zero. I don't do Science Zeros very often. In fact, I don't do Science Heroes very often, but... Uh, um, I spotted this one. I could have done it last week along with Mad Mike, but I edited for time. So I decided, well, we'll just do it this week. Spotted this article 
on bbc.com. And uh, I'll just uh, read it to you. Water companies are using divining rods to find underground pipes despite there being no scientific, scientific evidence they work, an Oxford University scientist found. Sally LePage told her parents, uh, said, wait a minute, <laughs> sorry, gotta start that one over again. Um, Sally LePage said her parents were surprised when a technician used two bent tent pegs to find a mains pipe. She contacted all the UK, uh, UK's water companies. I guess they got several water companies. And a majority confirmed engineers still use centuries old, that, the centuries-old technique, which doesn't work. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. It's, the dowsing doesn't work. Uh, however, a number said the equipment was not standard issue equipment. Yeah. So these technicians, these engineers that go and use these things, they just bring their own. They fashion their own or they buy them at, uh, you know, divining rods are us. And they, they come down with these things and they use it to find water mains when they're doing work on people's plumbing or whatever it is they're doing. The process of using divining rods is also known as dowsing, has been in use for hundreds of years, and it doesn't work. Uh, a dowser will typically hold the rods, usually shaped like uh, uh, the letter Y, when walking over land and being alert for any movement to find water. But dowsers will say they can find other stuff other than just water. They can find, you know, objects. Uh, uh, you know, if you've lost something, and you say I've lost this object, and they can say they say they can find it or whatever. But usually it's water. But they can they say they can find other things. Um, back to the article. Evolutionary biologist Ms. LePage, whose parents live in Stratford upon Avon, the wonderful names of towns, first contacted Severn Tent uh, Severn Trent water via Twitter. It replied, we've found that some of our of the older methods are just as effective as the new ones, but we do use drones as well, and now satellites. Other companies which gave a similar response were Anglican Water, Thames Water, Scottish Water, Southern Water, Welsh Water, United Utilities, and Yorkshire Water. Ms. LePage said, I can't state this enough. There is no scientifically rigorous, doubly blind evidence that divining rods work. Isn't it a bit silly that big companies are still using magic to do their jobs? In a statement issued later, Severn Trent, that's hard to say, Severn, Severn Trent, uh, the R's are too close together, uh, said, we don't use uh, we don't issue divining rods, but we believe some of our engineers use them. All the companies emphasize that they do not encourage the use of divining rods nor issue them to their engineers and said modern methods such as drones and listening devices were preferred. North uh, North Ireland water, Northumbrian water, Southwest water, and Wessex water said their engineers do not use them. Well, those one, two, three four utility companies uh, are in the 21st century. They're, they're in the, the 19th century because <laughs> as far as not using... I mean, they're... You know what I'm saying. Kudos to them. So uh, the Dimland Radio Science Zero for this week, zeros, are Anglican Water, Thames Water, Scottish Water, Southern Water, uh, Welsh Water, United Utilities... Yorkshire Water, and Severn Trent. hope I got that. Water. Jeez. You know, okay, so the thing is, and I've talked about dowsing before on the show, but it's worth refreshing. Uh, it's, it's covered under what's called the idiomotor effect or idiomotor response, which is, uh, as I understand it, and I hope I have a pretty good grasp on this, it's uh, small almost undetectable movements that a person makes that affects the way some, the the rods it's the person making these movements and it's it, they're they're being made in a 
uh, in uh, as according to the expectations that the person the dowser has say uh, if you were to take um, and I know I've given this example before if you were to take a 50 five gallon pails and they're all opaque you know they're white so you can't see through them and you uh, you you put them in a field and you make sure the field has uh, you know is, is clean and uh, you know has nothing that will interfere with the rods you have the dowser check out the field to make sure it's okay okay I got I got a feel for what's going on in this field and you take uh, let's say a watch and you say here you see this this watch I want you to find there this watch my watch that I'm wiggling here which needs a battery and has needed a battery for I don't know how long now uh, uh, anyway, so this, they take this watch and they put it under one of the buckets, one of the 50 buckets. And then they have the dowser walk up and down the aisles and they have their dowsing rods. Uh, sometimes it's these two little bent rods that, uh, that are, you know, lightly balanced. You know, that, that slight movement can make a move. And that's the same thing with that branch that's shaped like a Y. They hold it in a certain way that it can move uh, just through the slightest adjustment of the hands. And so when when the dowser is checking out the uh, the field of buckets, they and they know where which bucket the watch is under. They find it every time. You have them do it ten times. They find it every time, hundred percent every time. And they say, okay, now we're going to put you in this isolation chamber, and uh, we're going to have the guy that is going to do the testing. He's going to check and see which buckets you're you're picking. Uh, he's going to be in there with you, and then we're going to have uh, his uh, you know another person. Uh, she's going to use a random number generator uh, with a one to fifty number being generated, and that'll show whatever number comes up. That's where the that that other person. That's where she's going to put the watch under that under that bucket. So this way, the guy that's checking the test and then the dowser that's trying to find it they don't know where it is it's a double blind the the person doing the testing and and the person doing the the, the dowsing neither of them know where it is so the guy yeah so the dowser goes out in the field and goes around does this does their thing picks a bucket so okay here it is and then they lift it up and says nope it's not under there and then they do you know then the tester will make a mark okay and then then they go back and you know they you know, set it up, try it again, whatever. And they do that. They could do that ten times, do it a hundred times. And what what happens is uh, the the dowsers' re results are no better than chance. There's no better. It's just just by just pure guessing, just by me walking in there in the field and say, "Okay, it's under that one." You know, it's it's just pure chance. So that and it's and it's the people who do this. And I, my understanding is. When the James Randi Educational Foundation had the Million Dollar Challenge, which I think still exists, uh, sort of, but it's not quite what it what it was. But um, I mean, I think this people can still apply to do the challenge, but there's you know, whatever. It's it's the James Randi Educational Foundation is pretty much um, you know, and it might be done. I don't know, <laughs> but. Um, it, what I would find out, and I guess other. Uh, the paranormal testing places that have there are other uh, organizations that have a money challenge just not the million dollar challenge that James Randi had but they might have a ten thousand dollar challenge or a thousand dollar challenge uh, which all have s s sat unclaimed and uh, because uh, nobody can demonstrate that they can do what they say they can do and uh, so uh, the most applicants I think that the JREF got were dowsers because they really believed they could do it. They didn't realize that that the movement is caused by themselves. It's just the same thing as a Ouija board. It's the people using it. They're causing it to move. It's not something from the other side doing it. It's just that's what's happening. And that's why when a dowser knows which bucket has the item that you're trying to find underneath it, they find it every time. But if they don't know where it is, no better than chance. So, anyway, these guys out there, these guys out there doing this, it, they, it's, it's, it's a waste of time and money and whatever. And it just seems, well, it's just silly, isn't it? Isn't it just silly? Okay. Uh, oh, 
got one of these. It's time for another Dimland Radio pedantic moment. What did they get wrong this time, Dim? Okay, um, it's a real quick one. Uh, the Just today, on the uh, Minnesota Skeptics Facebook page, uh, one of the Minnesota Skeptics, Travis, posted a story that had the uh, headline... <clears throat> excuse me, well, let me pull this up here. Uh, scientist de- scientists... Another hard word to read. Scientists DNA tested nine Yeti samples... They didn't find Bigfoot. Well, of course they didn't find Bigfoot. They were Yeti samples. Duh. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm going to head to my break. Uh, I'll be back shortly. Yeti samples. How could you find Bigfoot? Yeti samples. This station is not your cup of tea. Huh? Then drink coffee! 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 Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, on Z-Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and, of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio's Red-Headed Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. Outbreaks of whooping cough, or pertussis, are happening across the United States. This serious respiratory disease can be deadly for babies. By getting the whooping cough vaccine, called Tdap, during the third trimester of each pregnancy, women can pass antibodies to their babies to help protect them until they're old enough to receive their own vaccine. Learn more at cdc.gov slash pertussis slash pregnant. That's pertussis, P-E-R-T-U-S-S-I-S. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. I never meant to be so bad to you One thing I said that I would never do And welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, let's see. I think I uh, I think I need to do one of these. Let's see if it works. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got a Dimland Radio ARG. And a lot of times my ARGs are more on the level of uh, pretty annoying pet peeves. But every now and then... It's something that rises to the level of where it really gets under my skin and it really upsets me. Now, people who aren't as skeptical as they should be and don't have as good critical thinking skills as they should have, and they, 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 they can fall for things. They can, you know, they can get interested in things that just have really 
poor evidence for. Uh, but stuff like UFOs and Bigfoot and ancient aliens and ghosts, most of that kind of stuff, it's, it's fairly harmless. Uh, you might put out some, you know, get people, you know, to spend money that they shouldn't be spending, or, you know, it, but as long as they're not, you know, falling prey to, you know, to psychics that just drain their bank accounts to, for whatever reason, I have to, I have to, uh, you know, decurse your money or your life or something, and that's, you know, it's just a bunch of crap. Uh, but for the most part, it's, it is, it's fairly harmless but the one bit where, uh, where people choose not to uh, to be skeptical and think critically and and doubt the science and that's anti-vax the anti-vax folks that they 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 do it, it, not only do they endanger themselves but they endanger their kids and they endanger other people you know when you get vaccinated it's not just helping you it's helping other people you know people who have who uh who have uh bad Im immune systems or something suppressed immune system systems for some reason and they can't get vaccinated or people who are allergic to vaccines or people who are too young to get vaccines you know it's you're protecting them by protecting yourself and that's the herd immunity or community immunity which i think is something they're trying to say instead of herd immunity but you know it's the more people in a in a population area that are vaccinated the better it is for those that are unable to be vaccinated and and i know i've said this plenty of times part of the reason that vaccine uh denial that the anti-vax movement has such a foothold is that uh it's because they've worked so well and there's a there's an image that uh, I spotted on Facebook today that really really bothered me. And I'm going to I asked a, a listener to the show, Craig, a friend of mine, to give a pass on it with uh, with Photoshop or something to, to uh, work on it. But I think I'll uh, I think I'll work on it. It's to to get it to where I want it to be. I mean, Craig did a pretty good pass at it, but uh, um, I want to try something with it because I want to include. It's it's two pictures. It's but it's the same picture, uh, just you know copied with some adjustments. And I'll describe it to you. But I'll put this thing together and I'll get it up on uh, on the Dimland Radio Facebook page. On uh, and if you haven't liked that, hey, go head over to Dimland Radio on Facebook and give it a like. I'm up. Uh, you know, it's up. It's there. Give it a like. It'd be cool if you did. Um, also, uh, I will put it in the show notes, and when I, and I will put it on my own Facebook page, my personal Facebook page. And please, please share it, get it around there because it, it this needs to be countered. And I I haven't got the language uh, absolutely right, but I, I'm I'm close. And uh, let's see. Uh, what the picture shows is four female types uh, in, in descending ages uh, from left to right so you have the oldest gal on the one side and the youngest on the uh, the eldest gal on the left the youngest on the right and it's showing generations it's ten you know so I'll call the you know the oldest gal I'll call her great grandma then there's grandma mom and daughter okay all right this is the picture and there each of them is holding a little placard with something written on it. In the first picture, the first version of this picture, uh, the uh, great-grandma is holding, uh, uh, on her placard that she's holding, it's written, two vaccines, fully vaccinated. On grandma's placard, it's uh, seven vaccines, fully vaccinated. On mom's, it's 14 vaccines, fully vaccinated. And on the daughter's, the youngest, the child, 69 vaccines by age 18 with 200 plus more being tested. 
okay, you, know, you see what they're doing there. This is the anti-vaxxer setting up that oh, more and more vaccines. These kids are getting, you know, half a million vaccines by the time they're, they're two years old, which is, of course, me exaggerating, but they're not getting as, as many as 69. It's just, okay, just settle down. <laughs> it's the next picture with, it's the same photo. It's the same women. They're all holding signs, but this time the messages on each sign is different. Great-grandma's sign reads, My generation never heard of autism. Well, that could be because if the term autism existed, it was probably more known by doctors than the general public. That's just, you know, doesn't mean autism didn't exist. It just means either there wasn't a name for it, or if there was a name for it, it just wasn't generally known by the public. Grandma's placard reads, In my generation, autism was extremely rare. No, it's probably it was just as prevalent as it is now. It's just that it, the, the, the diagnosis of, of autism got better. The, the, what, what was called autism got expanded. There's a spectrum to it. There's high-functioning people with autism, and there's low-functioning people with autism, and everything in between. And it's where people fall on that scale. Um, so, and then when the diagnoses went up, with when the scale was realized, see, it, it, it grandma's her generation, they just called those people weird, or odd, or eccentric, or just different. They just, they just, something was just different about them. Okay. Does it mean yeah, that there wasn't autism? It just means they, people didn't know that's what it was. That's what these people had. So then mom is holding one and says, most people in my generation know someone with an autistic family member. Okay. And again, it's just because it's just because autism has been defined, uh, 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 you know, on a greater scale. And then the daughter, the little girl, it holds the sciences. Most people with, in my generation will have an autistic child. Now, I don't know if how accurate that is, but again, it's, it's just because the definitions have changed and the you know, what is autism has expanded, and so there's a spectrum, and that's why it's happened. And that's, you know, it's not that there's more vaccines being used. I mean, at least these ladies up top got their vaccinations, <laughs> you know, the ones that were available to them. I'll give them kudos for that. But you see, what I want to do with this is I want to take it, and I want to add to this a third copy of this image, in which I will post, uh, put a little words up there that'll say, if anti-vaxxers had their way, what these signs would read. Uh, great-grandma, and I haven't got the, this little bit of wording adjustment that I'm probably going to work on, but great-grandma, her sign would read, uh, uh, my generation, um, uh, my generation lived in fear of polio. Uh, you know, most people in my generation knew someone with a family member with polio. And then grandma, her sign would say, uh, I've heard about people's fear of, of polio while I was getting vaccinated for, against it. And then mom's placard would say, what's polio? And the daughter's placard would say, I have polio. You see, now, polio is a, that far, that far away from being gone. It's, it's that far away from going the way of smallpox. What happened to smallpox? Vaccines happened to smallpox. That's why nobody has it anymore, because it was vaccinated out of existence. Since, the, since I think the mid-1970s, there hasn't been a naturally... Uh, a caught case of, of smallpox. I'm not even sure if there's been an unnatural one. You know, like there's there's some smallpox uh, in some laboratories, safeguarded away so they can get us if they decide to. No, I think it's safeguarded away in case somehow it comes back. They have they have something where they can work on to make the vaccines again. I think that's why they keep some. 
but it's just not happening. And and polio is that close. But the anti-vaxxers have, have given it a chance to come back a little bit. And maybe not polio, but um, measles, mumps, rubella, all these things. And this is the other thing that, 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 that to an anti-vaxxer, the worst thing in the world for any parent is to have a child with autism. That is the worst thing in the world. It's worse than having a child that's uh, that's wheelchair bound. It's worse than having a child that has to live the rest of his or her life in an iron lung. And it's worse than having a child that's dead. I mean, if I had my had choices there, I would say, well, you know, I, I'd rather my son have autism and be able to function in life with with help then, you know, I mean, I suppose if he's in a wheelchair, he's in a wheelchair. That's not the worst thing in the world, but I, I wouldn't want him to be there, and I wouldn't want him in an iron lung, and I certainly want him, wouldn't want him dead. And if I had a choice between autism and dead, I would take autism every time. It's just weird. The anti-vax people think that autism is the worst thing in the world that can happen to a child and to parents. It's, that's why it's an ARG. Well... We've been having some interesting times lately, haven't we? <laughs> um, you know, Bill Cosby, uh, there was the, the revelations of uh, some of his uh, things that he'd done in the past uh, with women, and uh, he was uh, brought to trial. I believe that trial ended in a, um, a mistrial, but I also believe that uh, he did admit during that trial to at least some of the allegations. And, uh, you know, so, okay, you got that happening. And then, um, more recently, Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein, the allegations come out that uh, he's essentially a sexual predator, uh, doing, you know, using his position of power, a, a big-time producer in Hollywood, an actor's... Got to clamor over these guys if they want work, right? They got to play the game, and he t he would take advantage of that. And there's, I, I I've seen some images showing up on Facebook where um, the uh, the idea is that, you know there's pictures of these Hollywood gals uh, hugging uh, um, Harvey Weinstein and hanging out with him and things like that. And the suggestion, as I recall it, was that um, you know these women don't seem that afraid of him. That was the suggestion in that. And of course, the answer to that is they're actors. Actors can act. They can act as though this guy doesn't bother them. They can act like they're absolutely happy to be there with him, knowing that he's a that he's a monster, or at least could be allegedly a monster, as far as uh, sexual predatory uh, goes. Um, and I have to admit, I, I I have to be careful here because I don't want to get too in over my head. Uh, I'm not going to pretend that I'm the greatest thinker in the world. Uh, it's just, uh, I see some stuff happening, and I wonder about it, and, um, I hope that I express it right in this. Uh, the cynical side is going to, uh, in me is going to come out a little bit here. My old conservative side is going to come out a little bit here as well. And I wanted to, to bring this up, because... I'm troubled by the lack of due process. I'm troubled by the idea that uh, an accusation means guilt. And, you know, you can have lots of people accusing somebody of it, and so there's, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, there's that, that kind of there, and there seems to be, with at least Harvey Weinstein, there seems to be a lot of smoke. He's apologized for some of what he's been accused of, tacitly admitting to some of that, uh, he's gone into, you know, the treatment to deal with his sexual nature, uh, and and or you know however you put it, uh, but maybe he's not owning up to everything that's being he's being accused of, and it's just dang it's it, because remember remember not that long ago 
there was the there, a little bit of a pushback uh, by men, by some men, with the hashtag "Not All Men," because they were starting to feel like they're being, you know, like all men are being accused of this, and and of course there were people that were saying, "Look, guys, you know, we're not saying all men." You know, of course we're not saying all men, and you you know you don't have to get defensive about it. You, you know, if you're you know on the side of right here, you, why why are you feeling like you know you shouldn't get defensive? You just shouldn't. You just you realize that we aren't talking about all men. However, <laughs> lately it's starting to feel like all men, isn't it? Because it seems like every day there's another guy, there's another guy, and it's all guys, it's all men. My wife even asked, it, "Aren't there any women?" that might be accused of of some of this stuff women going after guys or women going after women that can happen i mean we've had guys going after guys right so i mean i just I just a what's a, i wrote down a little list of everything that came to mind of course you got Weinstein Weinstein and and, and Cosby but then there's okay you got Roy Moore there's uh, Jeremy Piven uh, um, let's see uh uh uh, Louis C.K., Matt Lauer, Charlie Rose, uh, John Conyers, uh, Al Franken, Kevin Spacey, Garrison Keillor. Garrison Keillor? <laughs> and I wanted to look at a few of these, not all of them, just a, a few here, because I, 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 I don't know, I, I'm trying to work this out. Maybe you can help me out. You can always email me at drdim at, doc, at dimland.com, D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com, and help me out on this. See if I, I'm okay. Um, but it sure does seem to feel like it's all men now. Uh, let's see. Uh, I do like the... I, I'm, even though it's in, in, there's the, the public shaming that comes about, social media has had a very strong effect on on our our personal interactions now it's really become big and the outrage factor on it is just it's just off the charts and it gets it gets tiring uh it it gets very tiring all this all this outrage uh and i try to hold back and 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 watch it and i'm glad that i'm i'm not the kind of guy that Harvey Weinstein was or is. I'm not that. It's just. It's. I was never the kind of guy that would hit on women or flirt with them. I or just. I just. I kept people. I wasn't touchy feely. I wasn't. I just. Just you know. Okay. You know. I just wasn't that guy. Um, oh, I don't know. Maybe I'd flirt. I don't know. Maybe I'd flirt. <laughs> but just. I just. Uh, and it's. it's and, and the thing is. And maybe. It's partly because of the climate right now, but it seems uh, 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 an odd time that I started watching Mad Men. <laughs> and if you watch Mad Men, now, you know, m my wife will contend that Mad Men is toning it down. I'm on the side that thinks that it's toning it up a little. Uh, that that the, the, the sexism, the, the way men treated women as depicted in Mad Men is appalling. And that's gotta mean something. I mean, people. I, I I didn't I didn't quite hear that reaction when I was hearing about Mad Men. Maybe a little bit. Got a hint of that. But when I started watching it, I was just. I just. You gotta be kidding me. And so I, um, I did a little research too. So I I went and talked to my mom. She was alive around then. Mad Men takes starts out in 1960. So I I went to my mom and asked her about some stuff. I will let you know what she told me, and I will go through some of these guys and uh, some of my thoughts on this stuff uh, when I come back from this break. You're listening to Dimland Radio and the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I'll be back. Uh, I hope I don't drown in this, but we'll see. I'll be back. <laughs> Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z Talk Radio. 
Did you see that UFO sighting that made the news? What did that latest study about alternative treatments really say? Is this photo making the rounds real or a hoax? Doubtful News is a unique website featuring news about pseudoscience, the paranormal, anomalies, and questionable claims framed with a skeptical view. Come visit doubtfulnews.com every day for news about cryptozoology, conspiracies, shams, scams, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Doubtful News. Critical thinking is essential in assessing today's news. Doubtful News helps you decide, can you really believe this stuff? When, oh when, will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Hi, I'm Amanda Pete. Like all new parents, my husband and I want what's best for our baby. When it was time for our daughter's immunizations, we wanted the facts. So we carefully researched vaccines. We spoke with doctors and other experts and asked some tough questions. We decided the vaccines were the best thing for our child. I urge you to get the facts. Learn the facts about vaccines so you can make the best healthcare decisions for your family. Thank you. A message from the American Academy of Pediatrics and vaccinateyourbaby.org. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Listen to Z Talk Radio. Welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, oh, I said that at the top of the show. I don't have to say it again now. Uh, just fair warning, I might go a little over tonight. Don't know if I can't get everything stuffed in here, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Anyway, so I talked to my mom about what it was like back in the late 50s, early 60s in the work working world, because she was in that working world. She worked for Great Northern Railroad, and uh, this is the other day, I went, I went over to the house and I asked him, I said, uh, I, I, I wanted her to remind me of a story that uh, she had told us kids, she's got four kids, my older brother Bob, my uh, sister Nancy, who's a little older than I am, then there's me, and there's my younger brother Steve. So she had four kids, and... Uh, I can remember her telling us this when she was kids with a certain note of pride. And I said, Mom, what was the thing about um, your legs and that place that you worked at? She said, well, I worked at Great Northern Railroad, and uh, one of the fellas there told me that, they, that the guys voted me to have the second best pair of legs in the office. <laughs> and you know, Sharon had the best pair of legs, you know, she was blonde, of course. You know, guys all like the blondes. Well, and I said, uh, were there more than two women? In the- <laughs> yes, there were fifty. There was at least fifty on our floor. Okay, okay. And and she she wore that as a bit of a badge of honor, apparently. But she also did tell me that, you know, one of the fellas there, he came up to me and he he put his hand on my behind. He patted me on the behind, and I turned on him, and I said, Oh, no, you don't. You don't do that. You don't touch me like that. That's, you know, my husband touches me like that, and you don't. And he never never touched her like that again, either. So I I compared that to what I was seeing in in Mad Men. Oh, my goodness, in Mad Men. The first episode, there's a new woman that's brought into this ad agency where Don Draper works. He's played by John Hamm, and I, I can't remember the actress who plays uh, Peggy. That's the new gal that's brought in, and she's being brought around uh, by the uh, by the office manager or the head secretary, but you know uh, the the buxom redheaded woman again. I can't think her Hendrix or something is her last name. I don't know. Anyway, she's taking her around, and they go into the women's room, and standing in front of a mirror at the sink is a woman that's sobbing. And Peggy walks, you know, you know, the 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 
the, the head secretary, the one that's got all the experience in this place, she just walks by and doesn't even take notice. Peggy stops and says, are you all right? And then the woman, the woman doesn't say anything, which is the thing in Hollywood that bothers me. It bothers me that people don't, you know, they get asked a question and they don't answer. <laughs> that bothers me. That's something to do. And, you know, we were watching the movie Heat last night, Amy and I, and this is another thing that Hollywood doesn't do uh, most of the time, in many, many cases where the people are talking on the phone with each other. They don't say goodbye when they hang up. Now, there's, it's, there are some cases where they do. But, boy, I tell you, we were watching, the, watching Heat, and Al Pacino's on the phone many times, and he just hangs up. I mean, what if the guy had more to say? <laughs> or, you know, that he's talking to. Or it's like, uh, yeah, no goodbye? And then Amy and I were joking. No, bye-bye. Yeah, he's a real hard-bitten cop kind of thing. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. So there's this woman sobbing. And later in that same episode, after Peggy has gone through some sexist behavior by the men, belittling her, objectifying her, you know, treating her as a child, uh, she's being hit on because she's new. She may not be the best-looking gal in the office, but she's new. So all the guys are going to be, you know, trying their trying their act on her. And she heads into the women's room and stands in front of the mirror. As and, and I was expecting her to start crying, but standing a few feet away from her, which we can see on camera, is an is another woman in there. It's a different woman than before that was sobbing, and there's a woman standing there also sobbing and so peggy looks back at herself in the mirror and just has a look of determination on her face like i'm not letting that that these guys aren't doing that to me and that's what's happening this is how the women they have a face in the office where they allow this stuff to happen that they don't speak back and then in they go to the bathroom to to cry it out really just really disturbing if that's the way it was and they all smoked like just man they smoked god we were at the Mystic Lake Casino to go see Penn and Teller, and um, we were walking through the casino part, and they allow smoking in there. And it's like, God, this is what life smelled like in the 1970s and earlier, and even into the 1980s. This is what it smelled like because everybody smoked. It's so much better now. Okay, uh, some of these guys. I already mentioned that Bill Cosby admitted to some of the stuff on the stand, so, you know, we can feel safe about that. Louis C.K., he admitted to some of the stuff he did, but you see, some of it, you know, he was asking permission. He did ask permission, but he also was coming from a position of power where the woman being asked might not have felt uh, the ability to say no. And Louis admitted as much in his terrible apology where he kept talking about how these women admired him. It's like he kept... He, you know, tone down the they admire me uh, aspect of it there, Louie. But, um, you know, so, I mean, you know, he's got his own personal kink and whatever, but he thought he had permission from some. He asked one woman to, you know, see if she would indulge him in his, his kink, and she said no, and he didn't pursue it. So, it's, yeah, little, but still, he had a position of power. Uh, you got Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey, you know, he, he kind of admitted to it, and he said, well, I probably was drunk, he was young, he was 26, but the kid he was after was 14, and, and you know, was a boy, and, you know, he's going after this kid, and my son's 14, huh, huh, right? And so he kind of admits to it, kind of apologizes for it, and then says, oh, and by the way, I'm gay. Remember that? Which was, which really upset people who are gay. Or, I'm sorry, he had tapped the microphone. Really upset people who are gay. Uh, it, it, it shouldn't. Uh, I mean, it should upset them because they've spent years trying to convince straight people that they're not recruiting, that they're not all, that they're not predators. They're just, they're just like everybody else, except their sexual preference is different than than straight people's. That's it. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's so then he does this. Uh, Weinstein, again, a position of power. Uh, Garrison Keillor. Uh, you know, his is the probably the one where, you know, he said, look, I, I put my hand on the back of this woman. She was she was unhappy at this moment. I was trying to console her. My She, her, she had an open back shirt kind of thing, and, and my hand went up in the shirt on the back and touched 
skin, she reacted, and he apologized. This is what he says. I apologized immediately. I sent her an email with an apology. She communicated back to him that, hey, don't worry about it. Don't, you know, don't worry about it. He says, we're friends, and we were friendly right up until the lawyer called. I mean, Keeler has a way with words. So I, I'm willing to look at his and say, yeah, I wonder about this one. Uh, Al Franken. We're, you know, there's been more women than just the one, that that Teton woman, the the first one. But what I'm seeing with Al Franken is, and, and you'll forgive me, but I'm seeing shades of Bill Clinton, not in Al Franken, but in the reaction. I'm seeing some, you know, well, we like Al Franken, so we're going to defend him. I'm seeing some of that, and I'm, it's reminding me of. The reaction of Bill Clinton. You know, you remember Clarence Thomas? Now, I've actually seen stuff that Clarence Thomas should resign because Anita Hill. You know, because Anita Hill, because what he did Anita Hill, or what she said she did, he did to him. Well, maybe, perhaps, I don't know. He went through the vetting process and still made it on the court, even with, even with Anita Hill saying what she said he did, and and uh, which. You know, he, he uh, unwanted sexual advances toward her uh, and then making sexual jokes around her. And, uh, and it made for the most wonderful time for, with me and my friends and my and making this joke about it where Senator Orrin Hatch, I think it was Orrin Hatch, just was so outraged that the name Long Dong Silver was being said in the Senate hearing committees uh, in that, that chamber. And he says, Long Dong Silver, a name like Long Dong Silver's been said. You know, Long Dong Silver is the name of a, of, a, of a porn star from the 70s and 80s who had a long unit. Or Natch would just say it over and over again. At least that was my impression. And I'd be joking with it, about that with my friends at the time. Uh, he didn't. He hated that term, the long dong silver, but he kept saying it. Uh, anyway, and there was a band called Sonic Youth back then. They have a song that's uh, the title of the song is uh, Youth Against Fascism. And there's a line in the song where they say, I believe Anita Hill, and then go on to suggest that, uh, that, uh, that Clarence Thomas will, will burn in hell or something. There's, there's a suggestion in the line. Well, in my more conservative days, when Bill Clinton had uh, his problems with the impeachment and, you know, what was going on there, Monica Lewinsky and all that, you know, I remember talking to conservative friends saying, yeah, you know, they were saying, I believe Anita Hill, so Clarence Thomas got to go, but, uh, you know, I believe Juanita Broderick, and I believe Kathleen Willey, and I believe Paula Jones, and I believe Monica Lewinsky. You know, there's more. I will say this, though. With 20 years, that's about how long it was since the Monica Lewinsky stuff. In the 20 years, there's, um, on Vox.com, there was an opinion piece written by a fellow that said that uh, his name is Matthew Iglesias, wrote a piece saying that, you know, 20 years ago, those of us who were defending Bill Clinton and standing by him, maybe we should have been saying you should resign. This is big enough. You should resign. Setting a precedent that men with power should not be allowed to use that power because we, you know, look at what we've essentially saying, look at what we've wrought. Look at what we brought upon ourselves. It's, it's still happening. It's a little more quiet. It's not as blatant as it was back in the Mad Men days, if Mad Men is to be believed. But, you know, it's, if, if Bill Clinton would have been made an example of, and he was impeached, but, you know, if he'd been forced to leave office, that might have gone a long way to prevent things like, you know, people like uh, Harvey Weinstein and, and that. It might have. Might not have. I don't know. I ain't Kreskin. And Kreskin ain't Kreskin either. <laughs> so, this leads me to the idea of artists versus the art. And um, this came up just a, a week or so ago. Uh, I had a hankering to watch the movie L.A. Confidential, which is fantastic. It's a fantastic movie. And, um, you know, and it's, it's set in the 1950s. And so, you know, there's a certain, you know, 
male benefit to it. There's not a lot of women in the movie either. Um, but it has Kevin Spacey in it. And Amy and I watched it. And Amy wasn't sure she wanted to. Well, it's got Kevin Spacey and it's all that. And I said, yeah, I know. It's the artists versus the art. Do we, do we not indulge ourselves in the art if the artist turns out to be an asshole? I mean, Wagner uh, was a, a, a very, from what I understand, he was a, uh, he was very much anti-Semitic. Um, he was also a quite talented composer, and The Flight of the Valkyries is quite a, a you know, stirring piece of music. Do we never listen to it again? Or do we understand that flawed human beings, and sometimes severely flawed human beings, are capable of art that's, that can be appreciated? Do we watch Woody Allen movies? It's kind of murky there, isn't it? I mean, he's accused of molesting his, his adopted daughter. Not, not the one he married, which wasn't his daughter, but it's all weird. weird. It's just weird. Do we watch his movies? Do we watch Chinatown? Ro directed by Roman Polanski, a man convicted of statutory rape? Do we watch that? Do we continue to listen to David Bowie's music? Because he, you know, it's pretty, it's known that he had sex with a 14-year-old girl. Whether or not she thought it was a terrible thing. That's statutory rape, is it not? Do we listen to Led Zeppelin? Or the Yardbirds? Because, you know, Jimmy Page took up with that same gal after Bowie had her and you know he's statutory rapist too isn't he do we do, do we do we just forego all their art because of that I mean I don't want to give up watching a Kevin Spacey movie we watched Baby Driver just the other night Kevin Spacey's in that you know I like him as an actor well, he got a little annoying after after American Beauty. He got a little too much Kevin Spacey. But for the most part, you know, I, you know, I enjoy his work. I'm going to still watch Seven every now and then. I'm going to still watch L.A. Confidential. I really like it. It's a great movie. But it's going to be different because I'll be looking at Kevin Spacey a little, you know, knowing more about his past. I mean, you can long for the old days of Hollywood where there were people that worked for the studios that covered up all that stuff, so nobody knew about any of that stuff. But now we know. And this might be the hardest thing for me. Back in whenever it was, 2002, 2003, something like that, Pete Townsend, you know how I like The Who, <laughs> And Pete Townsend. Well, he got grabbed in a in a sting, going after child pornographers, people who would buy child porn and or you know go to child porn um, websites and that. And he there was a sting called Operation Or, I think this was called. And and Townsend was the most prominent name on the list. But there were magistrates and lawyers and other people that were caught up in this. And Townsend was investigated. And he said, "Yeah, I, you know, I think he even told the police he before he did it. I, I'm trying to remember all the events, but he said, yeah, I, I used my credit card to access a site that offered, you know, child pornography along with other types of pornography, but I didn't download anything. I didn't go into any of it. I just, you know, like the home page. That's that's all he got to. And you know, he was outraged, and he he was thinking, you know, I'm Pete Townsend, I can fight this." And uh, he got busted. And, you know, they investigated, took all his computers, looked through everything. He was, you know, from what they investigated, they saw he was telling the truth. But he was still uh, still convicted of the minor, uh, the, the minorest uh, law violation as they could. He was put on the lowest level of sex offender uh, list. And, you know, for like five years, and he's been good since. Nothing's happened since. But at the time, when the news came out, I felt like I'd been kicked in the stomach. I felt like, am I going to be able to listen to The Who anymore? Am I going to be able to listen to Pete Townsend stuff anymore? I mean, how could... I mean, what? How, how am I going to go on? 
Oh, sure, it's easy to give up Gary Glitter. Gary Glitter was convicted of pedophilia, uh, you know, being a pedophile. He was convicted of that. But, you know, Gary Glitter sucks. His one song, what is it, The Recline and Fall of Rock and Roll, or whatever he calls it, or Decline and Fall of Rock and Roll? That song sucks. It's easy to not listen to his crap. But for me to not listen to The Who, or Pete Townsend, oh, that was, I was facing that prospect. If it's this, you know, and I was glad that the allegations were not what they could have been. I was glad of that. But you know something? Thinking more about it now, I'm not sure I'd give I'd give up Pete's music if if a second time he got busted if it had happened. Oh, yeah, I gave you that first one, but if it happens again, pal, we're done. Was what I was saying, and luckily it hasn't happened again yet, uh, or hopefully it won't ever. I don't. I I I believe Pete that he's not what what the accusations suggested he was. I believe him, but you know, there's still. It could still come out that he gets busted again, and this time it'll be, you're done, pal. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I might still listen to The Who. I mean, I don't feel as strongly about Kevin Spacey as I do about Pete Townsend, and I'm not giving up watching L.A. Confidential. And I don't feel as strongly about uh, Roman Polanski as I do about Pete Townsend, and I'm not giving up watching Chinatown every now and then. I mean, come on. It's Chinatown. It's kind of tough. I have three cool things before I get out of here. I am going a little over, sorry, but I got three cool things. Uh, number three, it's not—it's creepy. It's—it's uh, it's disturbing. It's uh, upsetting, but it is kind of cool because of the skill of the person who put it together. There is a, uh, a mashup between the Talking Heads, their video for Once in a Lifetime, and President Trump. <laughs> you know, I'll link to it in the show notes so you can see it. It's really well done. It's, it's, it marries, uh, uh, it puts Trump's face into the video on David Byrne's body, but it also uses Trump's words to do the song. You know, to be the lyrics of the song, and it's it's done really well. It's a uh, Swede Mason put it together, and I guess he does these kinds of mashup type thing videos. Uh, it's 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 like I said, it's disturbing, but it's kind of cool. Uh, number two, I'm up to 189 likes on the Dimland Radio page. That that's kind of cool. It's not fantastic, but it's great. <laughs> So, you know, a couple new ones over the couple last weeks. So, uh, you know, if you haven't made a you know friend of me over there that or haven't liked me on the uh, uh, the Dimland Radio on the Facebook page, go to Dimland Radio, search for it, and you'll find it. And give it a like. It, what can it hurt? And if you haven't subscribed to this on iTunes, well, go to iTunes and put up Dimland Radio and subscribe. I mean, come on, give me a review, give me a good a good review, and it's a, a good rating. You know, come on. Uh, and then the first, number one coolest thing I saw, uh, Brian Dunning of Skeptoid.com is uh, starting a uh, GoFundMe uh, uh, or a crowdfunding. I don't know if it's GoFundMe, but he's starting a crowdfunding uh, for a documentary that's going to be called Science Friction. And what it is, it's going to be a documentary that exposes the way cable uh, shows um, misuse science mistreat science in the in this in the pursuit of ratings you know they'll put the token skeptic on these uh, you know ancient astronauts or ancient alien shows and these uh, these bogus science type shows but they're all this paranormal crap and they'll put in some they'll put in some uh, uh, you know skeptic in there or you know scientist is also skeptic and they'll they'll twist the words or they'll just They'll just they'll misuse them in movies and things. They'll just misuse these people, and uh, and uh, um, Brian Dunning has decided that he wants to put together a documentary that'll expose that, and uh, and he's he's a, he's crowdfunding it. So I will put a link to that if you got a couple extra bucks that you can go over there. So uh, yeah, that's three cool things that happened to me this week or that I spotted this week. I hope you had at least three cool things happen for you. Good night. Good night, Frau Blucher. And I came to the end of this show. 
I hope I presented myself well enough that you guys understand where I'm headed and where I'm coming from. Uh, anyway, be skeptical and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network, and I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dan Fitzsimmons, and I'm reminding everybody to sleep with the lights off. And keep your hands to yourself. Is that too much to ask? You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option. And you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, well I'm going, I'm going to hell. To hell.